Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human podcast, and and he said, "We'll we'll show her your nuts." And he looks out the window and goes, "This is not a joke in this country. <laughs> that uh, possibly falls in line with decency laws in this yeah, country yeah, with yeah. showing someone your your genitalia. <laughs> I don't think there's anything funny about committing a crime." It's episode 94 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, finally, hopefully, Dr. Michael Ruscio... You've been teasing this, I'm not kidding you, and I don't think you realized it. For like eight months. For literally like the last 30 shows. And then like, oh, Mike Russo is coming up. I'm like, oh my God, let's get him on. Okay. So well, we've had some we, we've had some scheduling issues, and hopefully yeah. we're going to talk to him. Time travel talk in a couple hours. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with a surprise guest, and we'll wrap up with our simple human tip. Uh, wait, how are you? I'm good, Mark. I have a question. Okay, I hopefully maybe. I what is Periscope? Do I? I feel oh like a very old man. With oh all this gosh. Periscope talk, and I'm like, huh, I don't need Periscope. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's talk about Periscope because I watched, and I'll say I'll say this. Apparently, you Periscope some video and yes. you put it on about YouTube. home gyms on YouTube, yeah. and I watched like four or five minutes of it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't. Uh, it's a video. It's just like YouTube, okay. right? It is. It is the most insane thing. And our our mutual friend Steve even said, "Yes, it's crazy." Like, which well, gives hear, it some validity. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. So. I, I've heard about Periscope. I've heard people talk about it on the radio just sort of briefly. Yeah. Like for like, okay, you want to go to the U2 concert in in some in Dallas or something. You know someone who's going to be there or you can like find someone who's like Periscoping. So they're like holding their phone up, videoing YouTube. It's basically like FaceTime except for like anyone who just follows you. You don't, they don't have to have your cell. By the mode. way, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's I know. like, oh, I can't go to the YouTube concert. Maybe I can find someone who's periscoping it. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, but okay. So that's how I initially heard about it. Well then yeah. like Jason Seib has been using it because he just released the alt shift book, which we need to talk about in a, in a few minutes, but he is doing like live periscope question and answer sessions. So he'll open up a periscope deal and he'll like, you can, you can, 
you know, ask questions and they'll come up on the bottom of the screen. So if you're watching a Periscope video on YouTube, you might hear me like interacting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. What is Mark is schizophrenic yeah. now? He's just talking to people that he yeah. doesn't see. And so you can sit there and just ask questions. Now, it, the funny thing is like anyone can get on there and just be like, hey, you should go F yourself. Like it could just be anyone. I feel saying, like maybe that's what I'm going to start doing with Periscope is well, doing that randomly. Okay. So so here's here's that's the, that was the context. Well, then like the other night. I, I went to the map, the periscope, like the, the globe, right? And it shows you where all the people are periscoping right here. And you don't have to get a request. You can just look at anyone's periscope. Hmm. So, like, I was I would, like, go over to, so like... So, theoretically, I could periscope me right... Well, my phone can't do Skype and periscope probably at the same time. But theoretically, right. I could periscope me sitting in bed in my underwear yes. recording the podcast with you and anyone in the world can just they don't even have to have my permission right. this so here's jump in and see me. so here's what I, I i went to atlanta and like i clicked on one and it was like this it's where the players play it looked like a it, it was like this this woman just sitting there like what's up y'all ask me some questions like it was just like some random that's a strange voice that she had i, I mean some ask me some questions is that was an atlanta <laughs> voice so that was how she sounded she was um by Okay, sorry. Stop it. Stop it. You have derailed. Yeah. So then go I ahead. would go over to like uh, I went over to Sweden, and it's it's just like people like walking around like I can see using it for like uh, that sounds like the dumbest yeah, thing ever. But that's for like in, in instructional purposes, like coaching, like how Saib is using it and how like J- Jimmy Moore is very active on it. He'll do. So I could periscope with you, and we could do this like the functional movement screening that we we're talking about. Yeah, or or if like it's just if it's me and you, we just. Skype, you know, but it's like if we wanted a lot of other people to see it, you know, like yeah, okay, like yeah, one, yeah, I got one you. of the one of the videos I did, I said this is for Chris. It was like a the deadlift tutorial, but yeah. I had like a hundred people watching it, and you can like it. It's not so here, here's funny. This is funny. It seems like it could be a real game changer for what you do, by the way. Yeah. So uh, so I'm every time that I I work out, you know, shirtless mm-hmm. in my driveway, deadlift I, in the driveway. I just. <laughs> I, I'm already sort of all sweaty, so that's when I'll just kind of do... I was wondering why you were all out of breath yeah, on the YouTube yeah. when I was like, hey, Mark, calm down. It's, uh, it's not going beamed into Periscope the White House right is now. super exciting. And, okay, but here's here's something funny that, that I just sort of stumbled onto that you'll, you'll think is funny. So I go to... I'm like, I'm scrolling around in the area, you know, like in Texas, and I look over in Midland, and there's one going in Midland, and I click on it. And it's the news anchor for KMID, the ABC affiliate in Midland. And they're sitting there. It's like five minutes before the 10 o'clock news. And they're just, he, they're just like, they've got it up on the desk and they're like interacting with the people. And it was like, it was really funny because all the people commenting, including me, it's like, I could see like Jack, our, another mutual friend, like, yes. just having a field day with this. I was like, people were just going, hey, y'all should make out because it was a guy and a girl. And then, like, all the people started going, like, make out with her, make out with her live on air. Y'all should make out live on air. And, like, it was just like this, like, flood. Oh, so it's very mature. Yeah. Okay. And they're all, like, you know, they're laughing and stuff. And, like, people are asking him questions. And it was just, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't stop watching, though. It was very interesting. And just, like, how is this? We're just, this is crazy to me. So okay, you so I need to do this, I need to get the app. Right. It's free. It's, it's And so anyone can... Make their own videos that people can jump in and watch. They're and live. Then, you just do it live. It, like, yeah, and yeah. you can watch. And you can watch anybody. So yes. you don't need like. Okay. It's really yeah. You should try it and let me know. And like, oh man. And if you're like watching one and you're like commenting, you should tell me and I could go on it. I, How do people know? Like, do you subscribe to it and you get like a yeah. notification? Like so Mark is doing a right. Periscope video. So Twitter is like is who runs it. So Jeez. everybody that I follow, God, everything's so complicated. Yeah, so every everybody that I follow on Twitter 
anytime they're going live on Periscope, I've said it where like Jim Gaffigan, uh, you know, I thought his would be really funny. It's like I just dropped my kid off and I'm walking down the street in New York and I clicked hey, Mark, on it. Hey, Mark, you can't be funny all the time. I know. Sometimes comedians have to be off. Well, it was just Jim Gaffigan like walking down the street, like not even like. Not even making any Hot Pockets jokes. I don't, yeah, yeah exactly. Like it, He was by Madison Square Garden. I was like, okay, this is boring. So anyway, so there's there's Periscope. Okay, this Periscope. Uh, uh, Saib's book. I want to hear about this. Okay, so it's called Alt Shift, Lasting yes. Fat Loss at Last, right? And you can go to alt, A-L-T-S-H-I-F-T dot com. But wait, don't do that. Go to Simply Human Lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, go to simplyhumanlifestyle.com. And when, when this show airs on the 14th, we will have a banner up on a, a, a very prominent location on the website that if you click through it and you buy it, we get a little train down the tracks. That, Quit stealing other people's is lines. Is that how that works? Um, so we get a little bit of money, which helps us keep the Simply Human podcast, the web hosting and all that. It helps us right. get, keep all that stuff going. So. Yeah. So, but it's called Alt Shift, uh, Lasting Fat Loss at Last. And it's basically, I've been doing it, today is 46 days. And it's basically, without giving it a, too much of it away, because it's fairly simple. The, the, the premise behind it, the idea is our you know, hunter-gatherer ancestors would kill an animal. And so for the next few days sort of living by the rule of expending as few amount of calories or, or expending as, as little energy as possible while while eating the most energy, uh, you, would, you wouldn't go foraging around for a salad to go with your, your meat. You would just be eating that animal until it's gone, right? So for, for a period of time, three to five to six days, whatever, you would be eating very high fat, high protein. And then once that animal is gone, you're out hunting, foraging. So for the next two, three, four days, you're eating a, a much higher carbohydrate, you know, starches, fruits, uh, that kind of thing, and very little fat. And so, so that's the theory. But like, what's the like? Uh, it's a simple plan, and it's basically for just lasting kind of fat loss. Yeah, I guess. yeah. And it's it's I love it because by the time well, like it's not just like high fat, high protein all the time, which kind of wears you out. It kind of does a little bit. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Every like, you know, every four or five days, I'm like yesterday, all I had, I didn't eat any meat. All I had food wise yesterday was white rice, sweet potatoes, non-fat yogurt. Uh, that's going to be a, a curveball for some people. And like in frozen fruit. Hmm. And I and I ate a ton of food yesterday. And I'm like, it's I feel great. And um, I've, I've lost like an inch and a half, probably more. I stopped. I was going to ask what I mean, I know you're you're already a pretty trim fellow, but like what have you seen? Yeah, I went uh, in, the, in the first 31 days. I dropped an inch and a half of my waist and about six pounds. And I've probably I, I've stopped measuring and I've, I've probably down another quarter inch on my waist. I mean, my waist is, is getting uh, smaller. I can just my, I can tell by my belt. Um, wow. And it's really like it's really. It's the same foods. It's it's human foods. It's just when you're eating them. And so when you're on the high fat, high protein, you're giving your your pancreas a chance to sort of reset. And when you're on the high starch, high carbohydrate, this, the good carbohydrates, you're giving your gallbladder and all that stuff a chance to reset. So it's kind of, and it's sort of a more, I always talk about, you know, I want to, what's the most natural human movement pattern? I want to try to follow that. Well, if you really think about what's the most natural human eating pattern, it's not like eating a steak every night. Like our ancestors didn't eat meat every single day and eat every two hours the same thing every day. So it's sort of this. And I also like that it's not like on a weekly cycle. It's not like four days and three days or, or three and four, whatever it is. It's it's different. It's really like a five and a three. So those three high carb days are always like on different days of the week. So you sort of it's sort of like this chaotic 
keeping your your body guessing kind of thing. So well, you've got me interested. We yeah. go to go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Click yeah. on the banner to uh, get more information I'll even, on, the, on the sauce book. Yeah, so I'll even try to have a banner uh, like on the home page that says like enter the site here. Like I'll even try to have one like there so you can't miss it. There you um, go. Any, do you have anything else or can we just get right to uh, to Michael Ruscio? Do we have more time um, to fill? Sort of, not really. Let's just okay, uh, you want to save this? No, I don't want to save it. Okay. I want to get it off my chest. Oh, no. So... For the whole time we've been doing the podcast, you'll tell people, leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Oh, yeah. It's good publicity. Well, yesterday we got our official uh, first bad review, and I'll tell you, I'm pretty pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy. I was so happy. Explain. I want you to explain to me. I'll... You can go and look on the reviews if you want, but I can save you a lot of clicks. I've got it up, and I'm not going to put names, but... It's a two-star review, and it's titled Disappointed. I just subscribed to these guys not that long ago. I enjoyed the few podcasts that I've been able to listen to and was going to start recommending it to others until I heard the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Makes me wonder what other fads and misinformation is on their other podcasts before the IF one. Sorry, coming from someone with a fitness background and married to an RD, a registered dietitian, I'm a little disappointed and had to unsubscribe. Okay, first of all, I have several things. That I would like to bring up. I'm so happy about this. There are many, 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 many things that we talk about with the Simply Human lifestyle. They eat like a human, sleep like a human, move like a human, enjoy life like a human. One of those things, it's possible you might disagree with what we're saying. Right. It is entirely possible that you say, eh, that sounds like a stupid idea. I'm not going to do that. Meditation. Sleeping. It's very possible that you could hear something that you disagree with. Yeah. If by and large you enjoy the rest of it, this isn't religion. You know, it's not all or nothing. You're not in for a penny, in for a pound. You might as well just say, ah, that one about intermittent fasting. I think that's a bunch of bunch of horse hockey. <laughs> oh, well, move on. Yeah. Uh, that's really like, uh, it's really my biggest beef with yeah. that. Like, well, uh, you said you liked the show, but then one well, particular 10-minute episode popped up, and you're like, huh, and you're just harumphing your ass off over here and you just have to unsubscribe and, and and leave a bad review and a huff like why don't you just move on maybe there's some other episodes you'll be like hey i really like that idea yeah. i really like that idea and also it was a short yeah you didn't even hear like the good episodes like the good hour-long ones right which is just us talking which is really yeah. there's not a whole lot of validity there anyway yeah. that's why we have guests but, but uh, also like so my... i feel like there's something to intermittent fasting there's yeah. a lot of people that are enjoying it and you might as well you maybe you don't buy maybe you don't understand the science of it or maybe your registered dietitian husband is like walking around with his clipboard and his lab coat telling you that's a bad idea. Well, maybe you should yeah. try it and see if it works well, for you. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. If it does, it does. My thoughts are thank you, whoever you were, for listening and for going to the trouble of leaving a review. Uh, thank you. My next thought is that... The, Screw you. The think of the, <laughs> the think of intermittent fasting as, as a fad, but like like... It, and, and you said, like, the science behind it. You don't even need to know the science behind it. Our, and I said this earlier. Our ancestors didn't eat every two hours. Intermittent fasting was just that, that – it wasn't called any – our ancestors didn't call it intermittent fasting. They just called it – I mean, that was just when they ate. Yeah. So that's, like, to, to think that, you know, breakfast – like you know, but to me, registered dietitian, I, I would never in a bajillion years ever, like, go to the trouble of getting my RD through the government – because there, that I mean, it's just that that to me is the crazy thing. But you know, but thank you for listening and for leaving the review. But intermittent fasting yeah. is absolutely not a fad. Barefoot running isn't a fad. It's not like uh, some weird stuff like making soup stock out of 
animal bones isn't a fad. That's how we've always done it for the well, entirety I, of human existence. I would existence. go so far as to say, like, with the intermittent fasting, uh, it's something that you have to try to see if you like it. There are yeah. benefits beyond, you know, uh, uh, you know, fat loss, weight loss, whatever. Like, it's a lot. It's pretty. If you can get going like that, it's pretty convenient to not have to worry about yeah. making breakfast in the morning. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I haven't been full bore into it. It's kind of hard with my schedule how it flip flops. But I've been basically doing that on my days off. And uh, like right now, it's it's noon. I haven't eaten since like seven o'clock last night. I'm just drinking coffee, and I'm not hungry. It's not. I'm forcing myself to starve. To, uh, yourself to starve. Yeah. I'm just. You get in a group, and it's it's yeah. much more convenient. I don't know, but yeah. like. So for the person who left the review, if you did, you, I know you said you unsubscribed to the podcast, but uh, maybe I was a little harsh. No, I was just kidding. Fuck you for the bad review. <laughs> Dang it, you idiot. <laughs> I already had to bleep out one thing. Hang on. All right. Where are we at? 15, 20. You have to bleep out the, uh, the three-letter word that uh, refers to your rear end? Yes, yes, yes. We're trying to keep it family friendly. Uh, okay. Hey, well, we're like, sorry, family. We're, we're I swear run- like a drunken sailor. I'll tell you. <laughs> we're running out of time. Let's get to our interview with Michael Ruscio. Go to simplymelastyle.com and specifically slash shop to see the links for the Primal Professional Dress Shoe, the Nutrients, the Skinny Fat, um, the... Uh, I need to update my banners uh, on the nutrient or the uh, yeah the nutrient stuff because it's still there. Uh, Micronutrient Miracle Book, which that whole thing is over. Hopefully, you've got your uh, gift cards and are, are getting uh, redeeming those. Uh, like us on Facebook, and I'm uh, putting more videos up on YouTube as I'm periscoping more. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. And maybe I'll find a way to par- like a reason to periscope. Yeah. My life's pretty boring. But. No, that'd be you should periscope like as you're like chasing down a criminal in a car. Yeah, I do a lot of that. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, and email the show simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. So here's our interview with Michael Ruscio where we talk about, I don't know, some stuff. All right, as Rick has made fun of me already in the intro of this show, we have been teasing Mike, Dr. Michael Ruscio for like when did I think I emailed you in like early July or something in June? And every week we have we have said, coming up, we have Michael Ruscio's coming up. We're going to figure out a time, we're going to get it. <laughs> so every so everyone has like just been waiting. Michael Ruscio, Dr. Michael Ruscio is an expert in functional medicine. He's an expert in finding the cause of your ailments. In addition to being in private practice, Dr. Ruscio also researches and lectures nationally to doctors and students. Welcome, finally, welcome to the Simply Human Podcast. Great to be with you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So we sort of have a strategy of how this is going to go because I know with you, ha- having you on, like we could easily probably go six or seven hours uh, <laughs> in, in, right. down the rabbit hole. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to try to keep this... Um, practical and as informative as we can. But first of all, we just like to, to have you sort of give us your, how did you get to where you are today sort of a speech? Well, I'll, I'll give you guys the simple and uh, Reader's Digest-like version of this. Um, essentially, I was in college. I was pre-med. I really wanted to go into more of a, con- a conventional model of medicine. I was really kind of gung-ho about orthopedics. Um during that time in college, I was a college athlete. I, paid, I played the cross in college, okay. always had an, an abundance of energy. And um, all of a sudden, I started having really bad insomnia, bouts of depression. I started feeling cold for the first time. My digestion felt off. I, I started thinking that something was seriously wrong with me, like I was hypothyroid. I may have um, had low testosterone uh, or, or, or what have you. And so... I proceeded to see an endocrinologist, an internist, and a GP, and 
I was under the assumption that they would run some tests, find a problem, we would treat that issue, and I'd be back on my feet in no time. And sadly, I was mistaken in that assumption, as I think many people can kind of find themselves, where you've seen a few doctors with a clear health problem, you have clear symptoms, but no one has an answer for you. Your labs look normal and, and no one knows, quote unquote, what's wrong with you. So that's where I was. And I then proceeded to read a bunch of stuff on the internet, try a bunch of different herbal and, and home remedies, which helped a little bit here and there, but I really just ended up wasting a lot of time and money chasing symptoms. And eventually I found my way to a functional medicine doctor who uh, quickly became my mentor and, and taught me most of what he knew and um, found out I had an intestinal parasite. And that was really at the root of, of all of my symptoms. And it wasn't until I addressed that that I really started to feel better. And so uh, I quickly you know, went into the field of, of functional medicine and uh, I, I now have a clinical practice where I treat patients and also I'm involved in, in research and education and it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to help people in that situation where they know something's wrong, they can't figure out what it is and then we can hopefully help them figure that out and get them back on their feet. Yeah, I know uh, anytime I take one of my beagles to the vet, it's always like, all right, that's to be $3,000. We don't know what's wrong. There's nothing wrong with him. It's like, geez, that's like so frustrating. So to have someone, it's like, no, we're going to figure this out. And it's not just going to be like this, you know, throwing money down the drain and then saying like, well, I guess you just wait for a couple of weeks. Maybe it'll get better. Um, right, right. So uh, um, how long have you been, you know, going around? I know that I first uh, heard you talk at Paleo FX last year, so in 2014. Uh, but how long have you been uh, going around doing stuff like that? Well, I've been I've been lecturing since I was in college. Actually, when I was in college, um, uh, I was pre med, but I, I was also studying exercise science, and so I did I did personal training and nutrition coaching. And so even in college, I was doing small workshops. Uh, I didn't start lecturing to uh, doctors and students until I was actually in my graduate studies when uh, a um, a doctor actually asked me if I wanted to start lecturing with him. Um, so that was maybe maybe seven years ago. I've, I've been doing things on more of, of a professional, like national scale. And uh, for the past couple of years, I've been teaching um, what I would consider an advanced level gastrointestinal workshop for for doctors and other kind of allied healthcare professionals on diagnosis and treatment of, of different uh, gastrointestinal disorders. Okay. Now, as a former lacrosse player, do you find it particularly? Uh, like, do you do you find pride in the fact that so many people use lacrosse balls for mobility? Is that something? <laughs> I, I I love this sport. <laughs> I I um I will always have a huge place in my uh, heart for lacrosse, and they 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 sting when you get hit with a shot. <laughs> Golly, I can't imagine like those things. I've got several of them. I got one in my car. I've got one in my house. I got one in my gym, and I mean they are hard balls i mean that, that i can't imagine those things <laughs> yeah. flying at you that must hurt very badly but uh anyway much much harder than like a, a football would, would hurt you which is you know you know my background but um all right well let's get into the the abc sort of the basics of the microbiota and there's a lot of research coming out i guess here in the last couple of years maybe longer but but from where i'm my perspective is the last couple of years that you know the second brain sort of idea uh and that there are more, and is this right? I mean, I, I just read a book about fermentation, and we can talk about that in a second, but live cultures and bacteria in your gut. But is it, like, I think from what I understand, my, my uh, sort of beginner's knowledge of all this is that you have like three or four times 
the number of cells in your body that are that are bacteria than humans. So it's like m- the majority of the cells in your body aren't human. Is that is that right? You have more bacterial cells and you have more bacterial genes than you do human genes. That's crazy. Uh, it is, and I think when when we think about it, uh, there, there's a really interesting kind of evolutionary perspective we can paint to help us understand this, which is. Um, we borrow from bacteria to be able to adapt to the environment as the environment changes. Because the thing about bacteria is they can evolve their genomes rather quickly. They, they can adapt quickly, whereas humans can't adapt the, genetically as quickly as bacteria. And that, is but that we, just a complexity issue that bacteria aren't as complex organisms as humans? Is that is as simple as that? Yeah, I, I certainly think that has a, a perspective to it. And there's probably an evolutionary pressure perspective to it also where bacteria were here before us. So they just evolved under, a, they, they wouldn't have lived from the, the inception of life on this planet forward unless they had the ability to adapt to rapidly changing environments. Right. Um, and, and so we, we borrow from them. Um, let's say there's a, a change in available dietary foodstuffs. We can allow more or less bacteria into the gut to help with the digestion of those foods. Even though we may lack the machinery in our own intestines to break those foods down, we can borrow from bacteria to allow us to adapt. So we really do have this symbiotic or win-win relationship that we forge with bacteria, and they're a very, very important part of our physiology. So is it, is it, I mean, okay, I just read a deal about when kids nowadays get to their 18th birthday, they've gone through, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 cycles of antibiotics. Uh, the only foods now that, that have live cultures that are allowed to have live cultures in them, from what I understand, is yogurt uh, and and how sort of we, I want to say humans grew up on like fermented foods like sauerkraut and pickles and, you know, uh, beer and wine and all those are fermented foods. So ha- what what is the importance of, of fermented foods uh, in your diet and as it relates to sort of the, the health of your gut? Well, you you bring up two really key issues, and one is the use of antibiotics in children. And, you know, there's two sides to this coin, and and oftentimes in biology there's a trade-off, right? You you gain one thing at the expense of another. So with the advent of modern sanitation and antibiotics, we've uh, eradicated most of the deadly infectious disease that contribute to infant mortality, which can be a significant problem, right? right? right. So we've solved a, a, a major problem there, but... The pendulum may have swung too far in the direction of sterility, where now we may be overly hygienic, overly clean, and using too much antibiotics. And, and where the antibiotics really have the most detriment is when they're used early in life. Uh, early in life, we can define as maybe two to three years of age. And there's actually a microbiota window that coincides with that, which is as we're, as we're growing, up until about two to three years of age, bacteria are continuously colonizing um, pretty much everywhere in the body, definitely in the intestines. And by about age two to three, you have the majority of your bacterial setup, if you will, in your intestines established. Now, if you take antibiotics before that window closes, you can alter that window. You can decrease some of the bacteria life because you've killed them with antibiotics. And then that window closes, and now you're essentially left with a underdeveloped microbiota, which can have impact later in life on things like obesity, uh, autoimmune conditions, other immune conditions, and, and asthma, just to name a few. So there's 
certainly a time and a place for antibiotics, but my recommendation for people would really be to use them as sparingly as possible in children because they can have deleterious long-term effects, which have been very well documented by scientific literature. So that's that's the one part of your question. And and then the other part is, is the fermented foods, which um, definitely fermented foods are, are a great method for gaining exposure to these healthy bacteria because, of course, there are lots of bacteria contained in fermented foods with these live cultures, as you mentioned. Um, so that's definitely an important part. There, but there's also another side of that story, too, which is sometimes people consume too much fermented foods. And for some people, this can actually cause a overload of what's known as histamine. And histamine can cause things like brain fog, insomnia, irritability, and fatigue if you're having huh. too much histamine. So um, I, I don't want to be overly the devil's advocate here, but that one is sometimes problematic for people who are first going on to a more paleo or ancestral type diet because right. they really start falling in love with these fermented foods, which again can be very helpful. But some people will come into my office complaining of chronic insomnia, chronic fatigue, uh, chronic irritability. And when we take histamines out of their diet, Within days, wow. those things can clear. So, so it's uh, what you're saying is it's kind of like okay, there's no okay, eat this much fermented foods a day. It's kind of dependent on your gut health and what you can tolerate. Right. Um, I mean, I guess the way we could position this is, you know, there, there's no one magic fix that will fix everything. Right. And, right. and just because we're really deficient in bacterial exposure in our society doesn't mean that we can fix the entire environmentally induced problem by just having more of one type of food, right? right? And, and so just kind of like with carbohydrates, some people will do better on a higher carb right, diet, yeah, yeah. other people will do better on a lower carb diet. There's a spectrum of how much of these fermented foods people will, will do best on. Yeah. Now, okay, so let me, uh, let me get some uh, free doctor advice here. So my son is going to be two next month. And when he was born, my wife uh, was, had been in the hospital for 82 days. She had a placenta previa deal. So like that, that this is one of those times where a C-section, you know, saved my wife's and my baby's life. Right. Sure. But sure. he wasn't exposed to the bacteria through the birth canal. And, and which is, uh, yeah, I guess if you want to go into some of that, you can, I think we've talked a little bit about that on the show before. And then the thing is he got, because of that, I think he got like this eye infection because it was close to the brain. They wanted to do antibiotics when he was like eight days old. And I was just like, ah, oh, I really don't want to do this when he's so young and he didn't get the exposure to the bacteria and all that. Well, we went ahead and did it. But so like, what, what can you do in, the, in a situation like that? And you might, you might have a parent who's listening, who, who's just now learning about all this and they're thinking, oh my gosh, my two year old has gone through three you know doses of antibiotics. So, uh, we, we have a, uh, uh, milk like raw milk and raw yogurt we get from just like mm -hmm. down the highway that's that's raw he he drinks kefir um we we try to get you know probiotics and things like that i know the science behind that is is you know hit or miss but so what what do you recommend as far as a, like a, a child a young child in that situation who maybe was delivered via c-section and had a, a de dose of antibiotics early sure well uh like you said, sometimes you have no other choice. And it's important just for me as a preface to mention to parents, if if you've needed to have a cesarean birth, then okay, right? Sometimes you can't change that. So don't beat yourself up about that. Right. Sometimes you just have to do the best with the hand that you've been dealt. So the earlier that you can intervene, 
the better. So the earlier you can get a child on a probiotic and a prebiotic and undergo some other inventions that, that we'll talk about in a second, the better. Because remember, we want to try to get these things in before that microbiotal colonization window, if you will, closes, which closes around two to three years of age. So the earlier, the better. And then the other factor that's important um, that's a little bit more speculative, but what it's starting to look like is um, it's not a one-time exposure for health. It's repeat exposure. Okay. And uh, where some of this comes from is um, we, we clearly noticed that and, and observed through observational studies that children that grow up on farms have healthier immune systems, if you will. Like, and especially like that usually means if you grow on a farm, you're being exposed to raw milk. Right. And what, raw milk has been one of the published protective factors, as has uh, working in stables and having you know increased contact with different sort of, of animal life. Um, and there's even been studies that have shown that uh, children with less allergy have higher bacterial counts in their mattress right. uh, as kind of a proxy for how much environmental exposure you're getting to different bugs and such. Yeah, it's funny, uh, like, you know, the uh, the whole, oh, what's the cat, the guy's name in Germany or something that discovered hand-washing, and it's like, all right, we discovered hand-washing, and that saved all of these lives and all of these babies' lives in this OB ward. But then on the other, on the other side of that, like, the pendulum swings the other way, and too much hand-washing... Now we've got like all these allergies and autoimmune disorders and our guts are all jacked up. It's like we got to find that sort of happy place in the middle. Exactly. Yeah, the, the healthy balance in the middle I think is, is key. And I think we're starting to discover more about how we need to swing the pendulum back in the other direction. And, and rightfully so, sometimes something looks like a good idea at the time and we get really excited about that and then maybe a little bit too excited and we realize, okay, we overdid it. We've got to scale it back now. And I think that's where we are right now. Um, but to, to give a few other recommendations yeah. to the question you asked a moment ago, prebiotics when administered early have shown some nice effect. Probiotics have also shown some nice effect. Um, raw milk has also shown effect. Good. Uh, and then something else, if you can be consistent with it, would be exposure to some kind of, I, I'll use a loose term, some kind of dirt, whether you have oh, a dog or you work on a farm. But you know, it's important to have continuous exposure to that because there is some evidence that if you don't live on a farm, but once a month you go to a farm and get a whopping exposure to, to bacteria, that actually may be detrimental. And huh. uh, But if you're I exposed really, to it more regularly, then you get some of the benefit. Right. And exactly. And, and uh, there was a great book written about this called Epidemic of Absence by uh, Moises Vasquez. And he recently actually came on to my podcast and we discussed this and the way he termed it, which I thought was a, a very insightful observation. It's epidemic of what? Epidemic of? Epidemic of absence. Absence, okay. So an epidemic of the absence of all these healthy bacteria and this exposure. Um, but his posit on this was the way this likely works is that if your immune system has continuous exposure to something, even something dirty, you know, quote unquote dirty like an animal, if it's continuous, your immune system will look at that as training and it will learn to adapt. Kind of like a horm hormetic type of response. Exactly. But if it's, if it's just once in a while, your immune system will probably look at that like an infection or an, an infectious episode and will react in a more negative fashion. Well, it's almost like if, if you don't work out for a month and then you do like the hardest, most intense squat workout, you know, in, in a day, that's not going to do you any good. Like you're just going to be destroyed for the next couple of weeks. You're going to be so sore. But if you do squats, you know, two, three times a week, then your body has a chance to adapt. It's kind of that same. Uh, Precisely. Yeah. 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 
cool. Um, so yeah, so I, we've got a, a raised bed garden. We live uh, about two hours west of like Fort Worth in Dow in, te- in Texas, and uh, yeah, so I try to get them out, and you know, it, it's kind of that the parents like, no, 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 like don't get in the dirt, don't get dirty. But it's like here, we're just like, go for it, get in the dirt, play around in it, get dirty, and uh, hopefully that'll uh, that'll make some have some progress with it. But uh, cool. Um, all right. So what else? Are there any other sort of main uh, basic points of, of the bio? We already talked about how many, much more there are uh, than human cells and, and sort of uh, finding that happy medium. Is there anything else as far as the basics go? Well, even for the basics, there's, there's so much. There, there, yeah, there, there's, there's really so much. Yeah. And, and um, like, like we were talking about off air, I'm, I'm writing an, an ebook on this right now. And it's, it's about 50 pages, even even keeping it super basic and super condensed. It's like 50 pages, um, right? Right. <laughs> and that will, you know, hopefully I'll have that done in, in within a month or so. Cool. Well, but, yeah, let me know. Well, definitely, I'm sure people that are hearing this are going to want to know when that's out, including me. So let, let us know when that's out and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll spread the word. Certainly. And I, I think it'll be helpful for people because I, I break this stuff down into what you can do for a child and what, what sort of expectations you can see from the available therapies. And if, if you're an adult... What therapies are there available for modulating your gut microbiota, and what kind of what kind of effect can you reasonably expect? Because unfortunately, there there's a lot of interest in this area, but when that happens, you have these sensationalists come out, <laughs> and so they will take a study that doesn't really prove much, and they will twist that around, and you'll see some sensationalist headline. And people will then go and buy testing or buy treatment based upon this sensationalist headline. And what I've tried to do is just look at the literature and say, okay, if you're trying to lose weight by using a probiotic, here is a reasonable expectation that you can expect from that. And, and just kind of going through the available therapies to let people know what they work for, what they don't work for, and what kind of an effect they can expect. Yeah. Cool. So let's let's kind of start here with the kind of the third section uh, of what we want to talk about, and that is like sort of what you do uh, in your practice. So how like so give us sort of an example. What maybe like your your most average person, maybe the thing that you see the most, and how you diagnose, what you do for treatment, and all that all that jazz. Sure. Well, there there's two main areas of focus that I have in the clinic. Uh, one is is gut and gut related disorders. And the other is thyroid, uh, uh, thyroid disease and thyroid disorders. Uh, and they actually have quite a bit of interplay in between each other. Um, but to focus more so on the gut side of things, when someone first comes in, what I usually recommend that they do is go on the paleo diet. Right? It's a good starting point for people. Um, so paleo diet and lifestyle is usually the initial recommendation. So this is probably old hat for your listeners, but the paleo diet combined with making sure you're getting enough sleep, getting some exercise, yeah. not too much exercise, right. and um, you have some time for yourself, friends, hobbies, and and, and the like. Yep. And that can be very powerful and, and fix most problems for a lot of people. But of course, most of what I see are the people who've done that and they still aren't feeling well. So uh, from there, the next couple steps, and, and I just want to preface this by saying this is a model that I've developed and I continue to develop to try to help patients become healthy with minimal cost. One of the things I think is very important for functional medicine to get better at is to help patients recover their health but doing it in a cost-effective way. Because unfortunately, one of the criticisms I have of the field right now as as someone who's in the field and, and loves it is that 
sometimes we order way too much testing right out of the gate. And this can be a very large financial burden for the patient. So I try to look at these things in the most logical kind of sequence as possible so that if we can fix a problem with only having to do two lab tests, then that's what we want to do instead of doing eight lab tests right out of the gate. So right. just my preface there. The, the, the other preface is like whenever Rick and Rick is my co-host, whenever we give, uh, you know, quote unquote medical advice, we always have to say like, okay, we're not doctors, but uh, no, you, you're a doctor. So uh, you need to listen to this guy. Yeah, right. And, and I mean, even if you're not a doctor, I think it's just a, a practical approach of trying to figure out a problem with the simplest solution. Right. Yeah, right? I think that, that sort of goes like across all domains of life. Right. Like that's sort of right. that, that was the uh, the genesis of CrossFit was how can we be as fit as possible by doing the least amount of work? And uh, it's, it's kind of the same uh, same principle here. And I think that's uh, that's good for all all aspects of life. Exactly. It's a, it's a philosophy you can apply to pretty much anything. Um, so the, the next thing that we usually do in the clinic is put people on the autoimmune paleo diet, which is like the paleo diet except for you cut out some additional things, um, eggs, nuts and seeds, uh, beans, legumes, nightshade vegetables. And along with that, we'll put someone on an enzyme and a probiotic formula. Uh, and again, I should mention, these things can vary a little bit from person to person. This is just kind of a general right. hierarchy. Um, and so we'll give that about 30 days and see how that works. And for some people, they needed a little bit of digestive support, a little bit of probiotic, and to clean out some additional foods from their diet, and they're feeling well after that. Now, if that doesn't work, there's a couple other dietary strategies we may want to try before going into lab testing or in conjunction with some lab testing. And so the one or two other dietary approaches would be a low FODMAP diet. Right. And for people with IBS, things like gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, abdominal pain, um, in many cases of IBS can be caused by bacterial overgrowth. And a low FODMAP diet essentially starves bacteria of the food they need to live, so it can be very helpful for IBS. So that's one consideration. Uh, there's a kind of cousin diet to that called the SCD diet or the specific carbohydrate diet, which has a couple nuanced differences that limit some foods that may also be helpful for people in this class. Um, so that's kind of our next potential dietary step or two. And then the other one that we mentioned a little earlier was um, considering having someone follow a low histamine diet for a little while. This depends on if they're eating a lot of high histamine foods and if they have symptoms that are consistent with high histamine. But for, for some people, that can be really helpful also. And just, just to clarify, what when he says FODMAP, and I believe I used to know the, um, I think it's, for, is it fermentable oligodi... Ah, what is it? Uh, uh, Oligodimonosaccharides mono. and uh, poly... Polyols, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. So, and then if you're like, what the heck is that? I've never heard of that. Just Google FODMAP. And like lists of FODMAPs and you'll be surprised at like my wife has just now started when she eats avocado or bananas, she starts to get a little stomach upset and that's just now starting. And it's, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's a thing, you know, people, <laughs> that happens to people. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, there's all sorts of things that you could be, you know, feeling, uh, bad when you eat certain things. You just don't realize it until you sort of say, okay, every time I eat tomatoes, this happens. So yeah. So anyway. Precisely, yeah, and that's that's a really important part of the uh, health process is to help people turn their awareness to their diet and try to. 
figure out if they're having any reactions to foods. Absolutely. And that's what these diets really help. They, they're not diets that we have to follow strictly for the rest of our lives, but they're used as a tool to help you start to tune in your body and figure out where you don't do well with some certain foods. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, all of a sudden, you know, you're having a, a, an issue with avocados. Well, that you love guacamole. Well, that stinks, but is it worth, you know, so at least now you know by doing a little work, like, okay, I just can't eat avocados anymore. Or you just know that if I do, X is going to happen. So you just sort of, you, you're a little bit more prepared if you just kind of do some research and go see a functional medicine doctor and they can let you, uh, you know, sort of figure out where the problems arise. So Exactly. I, and that, that's actually an important concept uh, for people to know is that you know, the, these things may not mean you can never have avocado again. Right. But if you make that observation, A, at least you're empowered to, to know what's causing the problem or provoking the problem. And then B, you may be able to bring information to a functional medicine doctor. Like if you brought that to my office, I'd say, ooh, well, that's a FODMAP. It's very likely you may have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And if you do and we treat that and eliminate it, then you'll probably be able to go back on FODMAPs with little to no problem. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So let's say somebody did come in your office and like my wife's like, every time I eat bananas and avocado, it's not a, you know, uh, I've heard of, I uh, did some some research and, you know, it can range from like rocket diarrhea to, you know, just uh, <laughs> a little a little bit of bloating and gas. So like, say somebody comes in on the on the sort of the, the easy end of the spectrum, like what would you, what do you think that, what would you think that is and how would you treat it? Well, uh, that that could be that someone, you know, if someone has consistent reactions to a FODMAP food, uh, avocados being one, and, and there, there's a number of them, um, I would be suspicious that they may have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, there's there's two ways you can really approach that clinically. You could have someone follow a low FODMAP diet for a month, and then have and then and then reevaluate and have them do a reintroduction potentially if they're feeling better. That'd be the most conservative approach. Or you could do some testing for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and if that's there you could then treat that and and proceed kind of through the appropriate uh, treatment procedures for that and um, you know they, they can both work it just depends on how severe the case of the SIBO is and what sort of treatment approach has the most appeal f- to a patient and I'm, I'm a really big advocate of having these discussions with patients and really involving them in the decision-making process so like we mentioned earlier you know antibiotics and other things wiping out bacteria and when you're saying you know the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth so how does how does that happen how do you have like an overgrowth of bacteria well that's another really interesting part of this whole bacterial argument which is it seems that bacterial exposure early in life tends to be very protective. But if you didn't have potentially adequate early exposure, then you can run the risk of having bacterial overgrowth problems or, or just problems when you are exposed to bacteria later in life. Huh. And it, it seems you know, uh, counterintuitive, but uh, for, for example, there was one study published showing that the higher the rate of infant infection, the lower the incidence of Crohn's disease later in life. And one of the mechanisms of, of Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune condition of the intestines, can be the body starting to attack cell tissue or even bacterial tissue inappropriately. So um, when we're in adulthood, the rules change a little bit. And sometimes you'll see bacterial overgrowth, meaning there's too much bacteria, right. or you'll see the body reacting negatively to a given bacteria. Um, so oftentimes with, with adults, we have to go through a process of first cleaning out 
what shouldn't be there, and then allowing the ecosystem to kind of restore itself. Cover, yeah. Now, just real quick, because we're coming up on time, and there's one question I need to ask you, but before I do that, so like, um, you know, the whole intermittent fasting, or just sometimes, you know, I, I heard uh, Dan Party talk about, you know, an occasional 24-hour fast can be good for your leptin sensitivities, things like that. Are you uh, in favor of sort of like a, a shorter eating window, or in other words, like a 16 to 20-hour fast you know, every other day or every day, or, or do you, is there no, I mean, does that, does that have any effect on the gut? That's a, it's a great question. And Mark, I've got another 10 minutes. So just, just to keep you tuned in on the time. So okay. I, I want to make sure to give your listeners every yeah Fasting can be a really helpful tool. Um, fasting can essentially give your gut a chance to take a rest. So yeah. if you sprained your ankle, but you had to run three miles every day, be very hard for the ankle to heal, right? right? Same thing applies to the gut. If you have a chronic inflammatory or immune issue in the gut, taking some time off of food actually gives your gut a break. And so fasting can be very helpful. And there's different types of fast. You can do a complete fast where you eat no food. You can do a kind of pseudo juice fast. Uh, There's something called the master's cleanse, which is a mixture of water, fresh squeezed lemon, and maple syrup. There's an alternative version we use in the clinic, which is essentially the initial um, phase of the GAPS diet, which is essentially making homemade chicken soup and just drinking the broth. So that'd be more of like a liquid fast. And there's also intermittent fasting where you essentially might skip breakfast and lunch and just have a dinner on those days. And all of those can be used um, for different people in different situations. They will have more or less utility, but they can all be used and they can definitely be very helpful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's something... um Rick and I were were excited that we had our first like legitimate negative review on iTunes, which means like, you know, you're you're sort of reaching a large number right. of people when you actually have. It's not just like your friends and your parents listening to your to your right. podcast. <laughs> and it, and one of the things was the uh, the the negative thing was well, I heard him talking about intermittent fasting, so that's you know that's just a fad thing, and so I unsubscribed. And we were like, no, no, it's actually like that's like saying barefoot running is a fad thing. Like, uh, that's that was just kind of how humans have done it like we we didn't eat every two hours you know 200 300 years ago um well exactly me- and, and we have some clinical studies looking at intermittent fasting as a legitimate treatment option for different conditions and intermittent fasting has been very helpful and there's also a different version of liquid fasting called an elemental diet which has been used to induce remission of inflammatory bowel disease and other gastrointestinal inflammatory conditions so yeah fasting in, in various contexts is certainly nothing new or fad like i would say yeah yeah well, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question that we've asked every guest, every new guest that's been on the show, and I'm hoping that we don't have to ask you this the next time because you will be a repeat guest. Otherwise, you know, as I'm saying, like, I hope you will join us again because uh, I feel like there's, we could do another half hour easy on this stuff. Um, so, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about, but what is one thing that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? I think that's a great uh, absolutely terrific question, and um, gosh, there's there's so many things. Uh, exercise for me has been huge, uh, always has been huge, and I've uh, for the past year or so I've been I've been getting back into soccer. I, I play indoor soccer Wednesday nights, outdoor soccer uh, on Sunday mornings, awesome. and that competition, that uh, teamwork, that has been really really helpful just to kind of get out of my own head. Yeah, uh, so that, that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely one. 
the other, and I, I want to give people maybe an, an unhealthy thing. Yes. <laughs> because I, 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 I ask my guests a similar question because I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in trying to be healthy, we forget how to have fun. Right. And one of my favorite things to do outside of that, my unhealthy 20% is grabbing a drink and maybe some bad food with friends yeah. and goofing off and getting a little silly and just laughing and, and um, the various shenanigans because uh, I, I love life. I love experience and you know, there's a great place in town here that, that has a really good gluten-free pizza and they oh, cool. also um, are next door to a, a bar, a German beer garden that has uh, some really great gluten-free beers. I, I do splurge on gluten occasionally yeah. but I opt for gluten-free if it's a viable option and so I make it a few buddies together and we'll grab a gluten-free pizza or two and a few beers and, and just have some fun and horse around. And that is just a great chance to shut off, enjoy people, and, yeah. and not think about health for a little while, right. which I can't overemphasize how important that is. Yeah. Do you, do you ever get like you'll order like a pizza or a beer or something and, and then you'll get like the, hey, I thought you were the healthy guy. Like, uh, I, I yeah, that I mean, sometimes <laughs> I will. And, and, and my, but my philosophy has never been one of, of being an extremist. Yeah. And so I, I, I always try to, you know, ask myself, am, am I living in alignment with the advice that I give? And right. I, I truly think that I am because I would never want someone to be so anal about their health that they never the, went off plan or did something, quote unquote, not good for yeah. your health. And one of the, the one of the four pillars of the Simply Human Lifestyle is enjoy life. And if you are so anal like about the other three pillars, the, the movement, nutrition, and sleep, that you're just stressed all the time, well, then that, that's the same thing as as eating great and not being stressed and sleeping good, but not exercise, you know, it's like, it's, it's sort of counterproductive. And I, I'll say this. And then, uh, the last thing, like we, th th every year I am involved in like a, it's called the tournament of champions and it's 16 guys and we've done it for seven years and we compete over two days in ping pong washers, sporting clays. And we do, like awesome. a, we do an obstacle course and it is just <laughs> like 50 hours of trash talking competition, uh, you know, I, I'm a whiskey guy. I don't, I don't do beer much. So uh, they're, they're all drinking beer. I have my little, my little, I have to hide my whiskey so they don't ruin it by pouring it in Coke or something as crazy right. as that sounds. But anyway, so yeah. So like when you're saying all that, like that's, I'm about to here in about two hours, I'm leaving on that trip and it's just going to be, I, I, I went to bed early last night. I told my wife like, this is gonna be my last uh, good night of sleep for three nights. So, uh, I need to, <laughs> I need to get uh, stocked up, but, uh, Dr. Ruscio really, really appreciate it. This is definitely, I hope my all the listeners that have been hearing me like tease you for uh, for the last couple of months, this was absolutely worth it. And I'll shoot you an email when this goes up. Uh, it'll be in a, in, a, in a few days. This comes out on the 14th. Uh, but we'd have to have you back on sometime in the fall to to go uh, a little bit further into this topic. It's something that I'm super interested in and think this is this is uh, important stuff that everybody needs to be uh, to be aware of. Well, it was my pleasure being here. And there's just one or two things that I quickly want to leave people with because I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to forget to mention these. Um, if you're out there and you're someone that's changed your diet and you're not feeling healthy, in my opinion, the next most important thing to do for most people would be to have a thorough investigation into your gut health, screening for parasites, bacteria overgrowths, fungal overgrowths, and inflammatory conditions. And uh, a highly skilled functional medicine clinician can assist you with that. Not in my opinion, not every functional medicine clinician is super well educated in this sort of testing. So you want to vet the person and, and make sure that they really have this stuff well dialed in. Um, if you look around and you don't find anyone locally and you're in need of help, my office does accept phone visits. So we oh, could cool. likely assist you from a distance. Now, is that um, the, the website I was going to put in the show notes was just drrusio.com, D-R-R-U-S-C-I-O.com. Is that, is that the one? Right. That, okay. That's the one. Cool. 
Um, so, you know, if, if you need help, then, you know, there's resources out there for you and just do some homework. And, and I would make that the next thing that I do. I know different things come in and out of favor, metal toxicity, mold, toxins, hypothyroid, you know, adrenal fatigue. The next most important thing I would do is have a thorough investigation into your gut health because that is very, very important thing for you to look into next after diet and lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so that was the one thing. The other thing I just want to make people aware of uh, briefly is um, if people – are trying to stay abreast of these things, we do put out a three-day-a-week newsletter. Um, Monday, we typically do a video review of a different topic. Wednesday is usually a podcast. Cool. And then Friday, something new that I'm really excited about, um, I provide quick little snippets of what I've picked out of the reading of the research from the week prior. Yeah, I love, just, I love stuff like that, yeah. Right, and so that goes out on Friday, and it may be something you know, short and simple like, Administering N-acetylcysteine along with treatment for H. pylori greatly increases the eradication rate of H. pylori. Um, or kids that have, you know, kids that get an hour less sleep on average have a four-time increased risk of infection. Uh, so there's just little things like that that we're trying to put out there to help keep people abreast of important health stuff. So um, just I want to make people wear those things in yes. case they need resources or help. Yeah, thank you. And well, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes and, uh, and we will have you back on. Definitely. Thanks again for having me, Mark. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Hang out for just a second. I'll stop the recording, but uh, thanks for being on. My pleasure. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Dr. Ruscio. We will link to all his stuff in the show notes. And finally, we had him on after months and months of teasing. Um, I really want to go back and listen. See how to many. Like pre- see how long before, <laughs> but it just seemed like every episode. Like, I'm like God, he's really building up this. Actually, you know what? Hang on, just real quick, and this won't take very long. But I can look at the when I first emailed him was okay. That's all right. You don't have to do that. Well, it's taking too long. Yeah. Okay. Good job. July, segment ruined. It's like July. You ruined the hot dog segment. July seventh. Uh, okay. which has been two months. All right, it's now time for the Humans Being Human segment. And Greg Wiggins joins us. We, we have sort of a, a, a mutual intersection uh, of knowing Greg. I played football with Greg in college, and Rick was in uh, like fraternity-ish thing with, with Greg. Uh, it's hard, and, to, hard to describe. At our college that we went to, we didn't have like the national organization fraternities, but they called them social clubs, and they were just independent of each other. So, But it's basically it's the yeah. equivalent of our school of fraternities. And I was in, in, in club. That's what we call it. I was in club with Craig. And uh, Mark doesn't tell me who we're doing Humans Being Humans with. Uh, so we call him, and we do like a little – what's the, that old – 20 game questions. show like the this is your life or something yeah. like that kind of thing so i have to figure it out you got it pretty I'm, quick yeah. i'm reasonably surprised because my memory is totally shot from years of working weird hours and uh, whatever else but so i'm really pleased that i actually get this really quickly and that i'm that i wasn't like hmm this is i've never heard of you but greg and i were really good friends in college greg's an awesome dude. so i've known greg for 15 years you've probably known him for that long this is the first yeah. time that three of us have ever talked at the same and this time. is a gr- this is a great great story by the way so here we go enjoy i didn't tell rick who this was so do you want to try to play a little game with him or do you just want to say your name yes game time game time all right so go play a little yeah, game. Yeah, you make the rules. Yeah, what are the rules of the game here? <laughs> I don't know. Good job, Mark. You idiot. No, he has a story. I just I, this is kind of fun because I think I, it's probably been a long time since you guys have talked, and I just want to make sure, like, give him some hints, Jamal. All right, Rick. If a diminutive portion of my oh. coal, okay, 
There's a good start. Okay. Um, so I can tell you this is someone I knew from college because that was uh, a little line from a, I don't know what you'd call it, but like uh, from the social club, the fraternity that I was in. So someone I knew from college. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I did play, or I was on the team with Mark, the football team. Okay. So, at one point... Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, let me pl- ask some questions now. Sure. <laughs> did you play offense? It was offensive, yes. <laughs> did you constantly have your hands on the bottom of another man? <laughs> uh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the great Greg Wiggins on the phone. That's it. How are you? (laughs) Look at that. How are you, buddy? I haven't talked to you in forever. It's been a minute. Well, okay, so Rick, I uh, I had dinner with Greg and some other guys in Austin a few weeks ago. His wife pitched for Fresno State, was like All-American on the national team, all this crazy stuff. And he was in Fresno. So I saw him in Austin. And then the next week, I saw him in Fresno. Well, in the in between that week, he listened to a bunch of our podcasts and was like, oh, no kidding. Really enjoying them. And you should see him. He's just super sexy and has like, has this awesome. Oh, I haircut. can't. I, I have an image of Greg chiseled into my brain of how <laughs> sexy he is. And he's always going to be that way. So. <laughs> Well, we had a good time with Thanks, him out, uh, out in Fresno. And so, okay, but this story is something that happened to you on the way home from Fresno and involved children. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me, a little bit of context. So my wife, who doesn't uh, listen to podcasts, as I told you, especially y'all's after she heard of humans being humans uh, one time, <laughs> but... So she won't listen to this, so I can say it, but she does not deal with stress well. And if you ever want to avoid stress, don't travel with small kids, right? Right. Um, Very small kids. How old are your kids? I was a party to my two-year-old and three-month-old. Yeah. Daughters. Um, raising hell at the uh, Fresno State campus. So he at least saw them in action. Rick, I mean, you understand. Small kids I have a- Small kids. My boys are seven and four, and they're just getting out of that. We're like, it's not a huge pain to travel, but like, yeah, I'm very, that's very familiar with that. Have you forgotten the um, the terror involved in traveling with small kids yet? Oh God, no. That's I'm, I'll be thinking about that forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that as a background, um, our three month old is not very regular in her. Uh, movements. So, perfect. <laughs> two or three days at a time, she'll go, and sometimes after that period of time, she'll uh, make very small messes and sometimes very large messes. So, um, there's no direct flight from Fresno back to Austin. So we we have to connect in Phoenix, and as we we're about to board the flight to uh, to Phoenix out of Fresno, my wife reminds me that our youngest. Um, it had been a couple days, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really worried about it. Um, a bit more context, whenever I'm in stressful situations, I, for whatever reason, just start laughing. That's true. Stuff just comes a little bit more humorous (laughs) to me than it does my wife. I think that may be a male trait, but, um, we make it, we make it to Phoenix 
on a somewhat small plane and we're cramped and the kids have done well and we have about a two hour layover and I'm supposed to take both the kids to the bathroom uh, repeatedly while we're in the airport, which I do. By the way, pause very, very brief, briefly. Yeah. I get stuck with that chore all the time too. Take the kids to the bathroom, take the kids to the bathroom. And maybe it's because they're boys, but like, how am I the only one? Like, it seems like a disproportionate amount of bathroom trips are made by men, right? With yeah. kids? Yeah. I don't know where that got farmed out to the male half of the of the, the marriage, but come on now. Let's get some equality. Probably because the women do everything else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe yours does. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Oh, God. If she's listening. She's I'm not gonna, because she hates my show. As, as an aside, I did with my, uh, with my two-year-old, I took her into the women's restroom. Yeah, I've done that. And ooh. I, what? No. I don't know why I thought ooh. in my mind that that was acceptable. <laughs> it's like you, it's like you have a backstage pass. You're like, I got, a, I've got a daughter. I can come in here. <laughs> yeah, look at her. No, 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 she's one of yours. She's yeah. one of yours. Women's guys. women's locker room. Like, yeah, this is fine. It's the YMCA in the women's locker room. Yeah. It's like the shower scene from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We have derailed your story. Go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. So you have to. You're uh, taking bathroom trips with the kids. Yeah. So, anyways, um, youngest one still hadn't gone, and as as uh, circumstances come together, we get on. It's not a puddle jumper, but it's not a normal size plane. There's two uh, two rows on each side, or two seats with a row in the middle, and both of the seats have been shrunken down to the point that. Two full-size adults can barely fit in there. So set the scene. We're on the run. We're taxiing to uh, to take off. You know, the, the flight attendants have long since told us to put our phones up, and everybody's supposed to have their seatbelts buckled. And my two-year-old is sitting to my left, and across the row is my wife with our three-month-old and some dude. Hmm. So... She looks at me and says, uh, as we're taxing, she goes, oh, no. <laughs> and she's holding the three-month-old. And and so my question is, well, what are we going to do? Because, I, I mean, I could hear it. And the bad thing about kids is when you hear that rumble, you don't know if it's going to be a small mess or a huge mess. So it's like a terrible Christmas. It's opposite Christmas. You don't know how terrible the package is going to be. You want be. it to be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And then it really is Christmas. Yeah, right? you you like pull the diaper back and you're like, yes, it was just a fart. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, she goes, it, she did it, and so I could see it. She had a onesie on, and I could see it like up the back of her onesie. So I knew oh. it was going to be a mess. Another brief timeout before you had kids, Greg. Did anyone prepare you for the fact that little babies? Will crap with such velocity that it rockets up their back to like to their the neck. back of their neck. I didn't know that was a thing. We honestly, my wife and I, when we had our first one, we're like, "Oh my god, there's something wrong with him." Because no one, everyone felt like that. You know, we're having a baby. Oh, we'll give you some advice. You do this, you do that. No one felt it important to be like, "Oh, by the way, they'll do that on you, yeah. and they'll do it on you all the time." And you were like, "He has the strongest sphincter of any baby." <laughs> yes, we honestly thought it was like super baby. So <laughs> super anyone who doesn't have kids, who's listening to this, they'll do that, and that's normal. Well, and also the they'll crap so hard that like you'll see the uh, 
rear end area of like the onesie, just like technicolor, <laughs> like changing colors from whatever it is to brown as it seeps through. That's also normal. Um, okay, I think the story gets better though, Rick. Does well, it? Go ahead. Also, might be the remnants of of your child being cave babies, a cave baby. Yeah. So yes. That may be what that was. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um. So I could see it coming up the back. So it was gonna be messy. And she goes, we got to do something. And there was no um, restroom in the back. You had to walk all the way up to the front. So I knew I couldn't uh, walk up to the front as we're taxing to the runway. So my two-year-old's little kitty suitcase is under the seat in front of me. So I pull it out and set it on my lap. And I'm like, Jamie, I'll just change the baby here. She's like, no, you can't do that. It's not sanitary. It's not hygienic. Okay, well, what are we going to do? So I said, do you want to sit with the baby on your lap with that getting on you? And she goes, okay, fine, change yeah. it. So to I hell with hygiene. faced the baby's rear end towards the window seat, okay. so towards my two-year-old. Okay. Um, and removed the onesie. Ugh. And as I'm removing the diaper, I realize that there's nothing solid. Like nothing no. at all solid about that. Of course, this. yeah. And Just a can of my, Denty Moore beef stew emptied into there. <laughs> so you, I don't know if you ever get used to the smell, but you no. learn to breathe. You learn to breathe through yes. your mouth and just not just shut off the nasal passage. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Um. So I, I peel the diaper back, and it is everywhere. And the the diaper can. It never wanted to, but can no longer contain anything. The amount, yeah. So it's spilling over <laughs> onto the suitcase, which is a a cloth oh. kind of suitcase. Oh! And my wife is screaming, "Hurry up! What are you doing? <laughs> Hurry up!" She's just making the pressure even worse for you. Yeah. Well, it's like so you're I cutting the wires on the bomb, and she's like, "Oh my god, cut the red one! What are you doing? Cut the red one!" Just screaming in your in face. In my mind, that's exactly what is going on. So I start laughing. <laughs> Yeah, and so he starts laughing. Even Great. more upset because I'm, she thinks I'm not taking it seriously. Well, <laughs> the diaper, as I'm trying to fold it over after using two wet wipes, and that being not nearly enough. Oh no! I, I yeah, my son does. He'll do like nine or ten wipes worth of of a cleanup. So just it gets and yeah. My wife is so tight that she will get upset if I use more than like two or three wet wipes. Oh my so gosh. This I is use, a money saving exercise as well. 15 so of I'm them. wasting money and I'm embarrassing her. And <laughs> I'm come to find out the guy in front of me, my wife goes, hurry, he's going to throw up. And I'm thinking, oh. he, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm the one with crap all over my hands. Is, <laughs> as we're taxing. And I still, the diaper has fallen between my two-year-old and myself, oh. and it part of it fell. A part of the mess fell out of the diaper onto my two-year-old's leg. Oh. She thinks it's a game. She's got this oh. mustard gravy on her leg, and she's like, "Papa, what is this?" And so I'm trying to wipe it up with her. Meanwhile, my wife is crying, like tears <laughs> are coming down her face. Oh my god! Because she's so stressed, screaming at me to hurry up. <laughs> we finally, I can finally get it cleaned up. I tear the um, air motion sickness bags in half wrap it in there, and the stewardess, she comes back, or flight attendant, I don't know what the PC word is on that, um, yeah, comes back and says, uh, sir, can I help you? And I said, yes, I need you to put this in the trash. And she goes, is it a diaper? And with this real condescending tone, <laughs> I said, uh, yes, ma'am, it is. She goes, 
I'm sorry, but if we put a diaper in our galley, then we have to take the entire galley out of order. So you're just going to have to stuff it under your, <laughs> under your seat. Oh. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the guy in front of me is like rubbing his head going, oh. <laughs> He's turning green. She's <laughs> like, oh, gosh. She's oh, like, finally starts crying. Long story short, we finally made it to uh, to Austin. The guy looks back at me when we land with, you know, the ultimate look of contempt and disgust because my child's filth had been riding at his feet the entire uh, plane ride because I couldn't throw it away. Oh, he's like, you didn't train your baby not to poop on an airplane, you idiot. So yeah, man, that is yeah, brutal. That uh, and. You can't. What are you? What are you gonna do? Yeah, nothing you Man, can do. Th- th- that's a great phrase. What are you gonna do? Because I feel like after I had kids and there are babies and you're for you know you're in public, you're at the you know the restaurant or at the grocery store or whatever, and they just start doing just stuff like that that you have no control over. That's really embarrassing, and then just total jerks look at you like, huh, like just like just really mad at you. Like, what are you gonna do? It's a baby. I can't like, hey, just grab this two month old and be like, hey. You need to ship up or shape out or whatever the statement is. Yeah. Like you can't, none of that works. So yeah. What are you going to do? Well, that was really funny. Did the guy throw up or did he not manage to not throw up? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I never asked him because I was too busy dealing with my two year old repeatedly kicking the woman's seat, uh, (laughs) in front of her next to her and dealing with that for the rest of the flight. How, how long is it from Phoenix to Austin? What is that? Probably like, a couple Two hours, hours and 43 minutes. Uh, oh, my yuck. gosh. And well, for those who don't have children, a diaper full of crap smells just like a diaper full of crap. It smells exactly <laughs> like you would think it smells. So it's not like you magically, aromatically fix the situation by taking off the child. It's like you just have a sack full of crap. So it's like I bet a... that airplane reeked. Like, I imagine it smelled like when they first open up, like, one of those Egyptian, like, uh, sarcophaguses of King Tut. It probably smells because there's a, you know, dead body inside of there. I imagine you that's probably what it smelled. You know the scene in my mind that kept playing was a scene from Anchorman where I... he sprays the Sex Panther Oh, and everyone starts, <laughs> and everyone starts yes. throwing up. That is yeah. perfect. Well, hey, Greg, we're out of time. I'm going to stop the recording, but uh, stay on the line. Hang on. Thank you, secret guest, because we're recording this before we call him or her. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stupid. So it's that time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this comes from uh, David Perlmutter. Uh, uh, ah. he, we reached out to him. He wrote Brain Maker and Grain Brain. He's a, a, a neuro, neurologist or a neurosurgeon. I think. What did he, he say when you reached out to him? He said, sorry, his, small potatoes. Well, actually, yeah, his people, it was right when we first started, and his uh, his person asked me how many like downloads we had and that was back when i'd had like no idea me it was yeah. just me and, and your was, mom yeah i was like uh <laughs> uh yeah i don't know like maybe a couple hundred and she like never wrote me back so maybe now i'll reach out to him yeah and find out go. so this is uh this is a quote listen the neurons in the gut are so innumerable that many scientists are not calling the totality of them the second brain. Not only is the second brain regulating muscles, immune cells, and hormones, but it's also manufacturing something really important. Popular antidepressants like Paxil, Zoloft, and Lexapro increase the availability of the feel-good chemical serotonin in the brain. You may be surprised to find out that an estimated 80 to 90% of the amount of serotonin in your body is manufactured by the nerve cells in your gut. Isn't that crazy? 
In mm. fact, your gut's brain makes more serotonin than the brain in your head does. Many neurologists and psychiatrists now realizing this may be one reason why antidepressants are often less effective in treating depression than dietary changes are. So what he's saying there is like dietary changes sometimes have a bigger effect than antidepressants. In fact, recent research is revealing that our second brain may not be second at all. It can act independently from the main brain and control many functions without the brain's input or help. So the tip is sort of boiled down is feed your gut the good things. And the crazy part about this, I'm reading another book by Michael Pollan called cooked and in that book he he mentions that like three out of every four like dna cells in your body aren't human they're like bacteria Hmm. so a lot it's 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 kind of funny that some scientists sort of sort of half joke half not that humans aren't like the main organism that are carrying around all this bacteria the bacteria is the main organism and carrying around of, the humans and they've sort of yeah they're they've sort of created the us. files are in the computer <laughs> it's in the house the call is coming from inside the house i'll tell you from personal experience to peel back the curtain a little bit i have struggled with depression and anxiety pretty much my entire life as, as i've known it and uh part of that has been taking medication and, and, and things of that nature and i can tell you uh, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a participant in a double-blind study with clipboards and white coats. But I can tell you that eating in a more human way, limiting grains and eliminating sugars and things like that, over the last how, – how long have I been doing this? Maybe a year, 18 months, something like that, has made a, a marked impact on how I feel and how uh, that impacts me. So I can tell you firsthand experience. If those are things that you struggle with – now, if you are – Obviously, if you're severely depressed, and I would never suggest anyone, hey, whatever medicine your doctor gave you for your, you know, your mental condition, stop taking it and just don't eat grains. I would never suggest that. Right. If you're prescribed medication, especially for mental illness, you need to be taking it. We it's, are not and doctors. I, we, I could have an hour-long conversation about why that's important. Yeah. But this can help uh, – eating in a human fashion can help uh, increase uh, the benefits maybe, I guess, yeah. of, of that, of overall therapy. You have to look at – your mental health therapy is many different prongs. It's not just medicine. It's not just counseling. Uh, diet can play a pretty important role in that. So yeah. if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, uh, well, first of all, see a doctor. Second of all, maybe try eating like this. Maybe this will help. Well, and a couple of things, the, how you can feed your gut, and especially in, a, in an era where when kids, I think the study says like when, uh, when kids are like reached 18, they've taken anywhere from 10 to 20 rounds of antibiotics, which every yeah. time that happens, you completely destroy all the bad bacteria, but also all of the good stuff. And it's, yeah. it's there to help. Like it, and, and so if you do take an antibiotic, like doing like a, a prebiotic and a probiotic and eating, eating cultured fermented foods like, like uh, sauerkraut, kimchi, um, yogurt. Yogurt with live cultures in it is really, really good. Kefir um, is another dairy. Like raw cheeses have a lot of good bacteria in them. Actually, you know, the cheese doesn't have live uh, the bacteria. But, but anyway, that that is like the original form of cooking was fermentation and fermented foods. And don't like most of the time if there's vinegar and stuff, typically like with sauerkraut and with pickles, that's not fermented. It's just been soaked in vinegar. Which is a so okay. there's no live culture. So if you're gonna get the sauerkraut, you have to go to like a health food store and find one that says on there this is fermented, you know, and it's just cabbage and salt. That's all it is. So okay. fermented foods are really good to to help feed those gut and also to not destroying them by eating all the wrong things can cause major issues too. Like uh, that's a that's a big I, Ruscio. I think hopefully time travel talk we're gonna talk some about that. So. 
cool. All right. So let's get uh, to the end here. And coming up next time is the two-year anniversary show. Really? September 21st, two years, and we are we are closer to a celebrity than we have ever been. We're not close. We're closer than we've ever been. Honestly, we've had celebrities on our show. No, I mean like like a for a like so, a like a super like right. an actual legit superstar. Yeah, like a like I would a agree with that assessment. Yeah, if if we can't get the celebrity that we're close to getting, and it's it's a, it'd be a big one. Um, we're gonna have Jason on Jason Sive to talk about his book. We've already <laughs> that, that, said, man, what a letdown that is on your end. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. If we can't have our awesome uh, celebrity. Please have Jason Sive on. Jason, if you're listening to this, he's a celebrity. You're a celebrity. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I love you. Yes, there you go. And you have cool tattoos. Yes, yes, he does. I look I want, at I look at your tattoos. I'm like, I can never pull that off. You're want, so cool. I want that uh, tattoo. I want his arm. I just want to chop his arm off and just carry it around with me. Oh, that's not crazy at all. Kinda that weird. sounds really normal. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a normal functioning human being right now. All right, you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Go to simplyhumanlifestyle.com/store. Oh wait, oh crap. Slash. God, you idiot! I, know. I told you. Go to the store tab. Just go to Simply Human and click on the store tab. Yeah. We'll just eliminate the slash from yeah, now on. Yeah, I know. There you go. Um, all the stuff that we like is on there. Like us on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SimplyHuman52. Email the show, SimplyMyStyle at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments or you have a shorts question or a shorts topic you want to yes, get to. Yes, because the shorts are driven by you. You have yeah. questions, we'll answer them in the shorts. I think that's how we've decided to yeah. do this. And we've got one. It's going to uh, actually one released uh, as we're recording this today. Today, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully maybe we'll have one next week too so that's going to do it for this edition of the Cindy Podcast and remember I know you said you unsubscribed to the podcast but uh, maybe I was a little harsh no I'm just kidding f*** you <laughs> for the bad review so until next time enjoy yourself.